What's up, everyone? I'm Gavin or Tweak. It's me, Marcus, Pink. What up, what up? It's Charles in the building. Yep, and unfortunately, today we are hazless. He was feeling a little under the weather. Hazless. Yeah, I know. It's tough. It's <laughs> tough. We'll miss you, Haz. Hopefully, you'll be feeling better soon. Everybody's shout outs to Haz. Send him some love if you can. Um, and yeah, what are we uh, talking about today, Gavin? Well, the Boston Celtics about? are losing in the in the playoffs, and now Haz is sick. Oh, so I think there's a connection there. There actually may be something there. But that so. is not the topic. We are not uh, ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we we are the day, ESPN Smash. Hold on, we yeah, talk. We're, we're doing something ESPN. similar, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. ESPN Smash <laughs> talks. It's all the same. Uh, I think today is episode forty-six. Um. Almost yeah. the 50, the big yeah, five we're get, zero. we're getting to, like, you know, a new milestone. But uh, low tide will be one of the main topics today. Um, and we have various results to talk about as well. Um, I think the main thing to talk about, though, is FaZe Spargo getting his first, you know, big tournament win under FaZe, which is really, really nice. Um, and I think it's the best he's ever played. This really, I, I do. Um, specifically, like the top four losers sets. I think it's the for a majority of it, it was the most impressed I've ever been with Spargo, and <clears throat> I was kind of in shock watching how he was so fast, so consistent, so dominant. Um, it took him quite a few sets to even drop games. Sometimes dropping stocks was rare too. Like it was that bad. Um, I'm just thoroughly impressed. Uh, the Aegis came out a little bit. Yeah, we And the Aegis was looking really, really good. And congrats to Spargo. Spargo was the best player in the room after a certain point of that bracket, for sure. And he really played like it. <clears throat> yeah, it's crazy because that's, that's a crazy compliment. Like, the best he's ever played. Like, it, I mean, I didn't watch the whole bracket. So maybe this is like a... Like a Maybe it's because I watched very specific moments or something, mm-hmm. but I watched the the later half of top eight, and I was very impressed, like more than usual, with Spargo's play. Like, am I crazy or was that like? I, I mean, disgustingly I dominant. It's just interesting because, um, like when he won Collision, it also felt pretty pretty dominant. And I mean, it, he played against slightly better players, like played against you, played against Leo, and stuff like that. So. Yeah. And uh, he looked very strong at Collision too. So if you, I mean, he, he wasn't losing games <laughs> in that in low tide for yeah. a little bit. He he definitely like in Grand Final set two of Collision, he was really dominant. And I guess there's something else to be impressed with because he had a close set with Leo, like made some clutch clutch plays, right? Um, lost three zero to me in set one, and then like won a second set, like. You know, on the other side of the coin, that's, like, impressive in its own way because, like, you're figuring things out on the fly after, like, you know, being in a losing situation or straight up losing entirely. Um, But at low tide, it was just – I felt like he was in control every time he was on the screen for the the entire top eight from what I saw. So it was very, like, similar to his Reto run where, like, he got sent to losers and he was, like – Wait, what am I doing? Yeah, I got in the car. Like I was, I was like, 
I was busy, and I got in the car, checked on the tournament, and Grand Finals had started, and a game had already finished. And I was like, I swear five minutes ago, I was watching Sparta vs. Gluto at Retta. <laughs> like, it was, yeah, it was very similar to that, where he's just in Grand Finals, and he's like, alright, none of, none of this, like, losing stuff ever happened. And that's, like, that's what's so interesting, is how much of a difference, like, one player not being at a tournament can make. Because, like, we saw Spargo at Genesis, and for a little bit, like between Genesis and Pound, everybody was talking about Leo, Light, and Gluto because they were at both of them, right? And they both performed very well, um, top three, top four at both events. But Spargo was also in that top four at Genesis, and then he goes to low tide, and he's like, oh, hey, y'all, don't forget about me. <laughs> like, I, Don't hey. worry, we won't. Yeah, we won't. That, after, that. after that, I'm never forgetting the heck. Yeah, he's so good. I mean, it's crazy too, because like Cola looked very dominant throughout most of the bracket, right? Like, yeah. kind of like flew through the bracket. Yeah, um, he was chilling. Like, he looked very calm and collected throughout the mm-hmm. whole bracket. And I mean, he was in winter side of Grands. He had a reason to be chilling. Yep, and uh, then, he was playing really well too. And he was able. He was the first person to keep up with Spargo after he just like kind of breezed through losers top eight. And he like stood uh, game his game five versus Luis. It was game five with Luis, but like it was the game five was comfortable. He had like an entire stock lead. I yeah. think um, versus Luis, Spargo was down. Like Luis took the first stock, and it kind of switched back and forth. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. It was so going like, back and forth between Aegis and Cloud. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't see this one, so this yeah, is kind of so, my bad. So uh, well, th- this was the most competitive uh, set for Spargo had in losers mm-hmm. because. Even like the grand finals, yeah, three one or three oh three one. So Luis was the only player that took Spargo to game five. But yeah. I I think Spargo was like at zero percent or something like that on last talk or low percent last talk, if I remember correctly, caught out an illusion, dared Luis yep. at um mm-hmm. absurdly low per- or not absurdly low, but I mean he died at like seventy ish if I recall. Seventy after the hit, maybe after something hit, like yeah. that. Like mm-hmm. um Fox definitely get didn't get to the triple digits, which is like kind of, I guess kind of a common thing. Um, but yeah, I, that, that set was a really good set. And, but yeah, other than that, I mean, Spargo was just so dominant and on both characters too. I mean, we've, we've kind of been seeing the solo cloud recently, right? So cool to see that, uh, Spargo's still down to bring out the Aegis when need be, even just as a, kind of like a switch up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was playing really well. Um, and I think there's something to be said about Luis too, as a player, he's such a pillar of high level gameplay. Um, mm-hmm. Like, he's his name is always in that bracket. Like he's he's always doing really well every time I yep. every time I watch him pretty much. And if he doesn't do well one tournament, he comes right back. Um, like he he's just such a consistent top level player. Shouts to Luis basically yeah. is what all I want to say. Such a nice guy and such a great player too. He's like right. He's like right always. there into yeah. breaking breaking into that like super top echelon right like yeah. his two losses were if i recall correctly cola game five and spargo game five right? it's safe to say that if he's not already there in skill level he mm-hmm. will be and yeah exactly now. yeah for okay. sure a hundred percent like and they, they were close like nail biter sets like it, it if he's like consistently beating everybody around his level or and worse like and he's like having these really close like nail biter sets with top you know, three top ten players in the in the world. Like, it's only a matter of time. It, it feels like we we say that about a few players, like Luis Spargo. Like, 
it's true though. It's only a matter of time before you know they they break through if they just keep going at it. So shout outs to Luis. Um, Mute also had a really good tournament. Good bounce back after Genesis. Another like pillar of just like mm-hmm. always like team fundies. Incredible yep. to watch. Yeah, <laughs> Luis definitely. and Mute are definitely team fundies for sure. Fundies for sure. They never. Hey, they always prevail. Mute is the one that put Sparkle into loser bracket. Yep. Sparkle started top eight in losers bracket game mm-hmm. five versus Mute. That so, set I mean, itself could be a big topic today. You know what I mean? For many reasons. One, um, you know, Sparkle getting upset is like a topic in itself. And two, like, um, whether it's Aegis or Cloud, like Peach has a hard time. <laughs> yeah. And it's just yeah. very impressive. Um, but like we said, like Mute is such a strong fundamental player. That as impressive as it is, we also can't be too surprised. I feel like Mute could always, mm-hmm. you know, beat any player. So yeah, um, you know, really solid win, really impressive. Unfortunately, had that game five set with the Zomba. <laughs> <laughs> Rob is big. Rob is heavy. Peach can't kill. All those things came into fruition. Yeah, and- within one moment, all of the like, <laughs> all of like the buzz phrases. Like, are in one moment, yeah. It was so all the Twitter memes at once. Uh. Yeah. I was like, bro, when it happened, and I think it was game one, it was either game one or two, when it first happened, and uh, Zomba was at, like, 180, and, you know, Mute came back 0%, I was like, it's all good. Like, this is one straight hit. When it happened again in game five, I was like, okay, hold on. Maybe we're on to something with yeah. the can kill stuff. Like, like that's that that is way too high of a percent for like characters to consistently be living. You know, like if it's happening multiple times in a set, like that's that's something that you should definitely be worried about. So I don't know. Mute sometimes plays Palu. You know, sometimes I see that Mute's also been looking at Steve a little bit. The darkness. <sighs> you trying to leave Team Fundies? That's yeah. Crazy. What's going on? That's just such a weird one to me. Don't do it. Don't don't do it. Also, speaking of Steve, we had a uh, Steve win a tournament in Japan. Akola, good transition. Who, <laughs> who yeah has us in here? You know, I'm trying to yeah. fill in the gaps. Hey. Honestly, hey. you're doing a great job. <laughs> um, yeah, he's uh, if I recall correctly, he's 15. Um, and he's, he's like the prodigy in the making. The prodigy is in the making. Um, and he was an online like wi-fi player only interesting notice how this keeps happening you know wi-fi players for over a decade yeah, for over a decade Team wi-fi, transitioning man. Team wi-fi go crazy to offline and being one of the best players in the in the world or their region it's really strange how you know <laughs> wi-fi tends to help anyway um <clears throat> yeah in the few events that he's attended he's gotten second he's attended five he's gotten second first 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 and first. Whew. <laughs> Have you seen some of his clips? They're crazy. I think I think <laughs> one in the uh, the Discord. But the way he sets up blocks is mm-hmm. he'll set up blocks behind him. So if he loses neutral, it's it's a very weird like aggressive style of. Uh, I, I I mean like not aggressive. It's, it's there are situations where 
he aggresses towards you. And instead of being behind the wall and mining, he puts the wall behind him. So if you win neutral with a horizontal knockback move, he'll tech the move and punish you with like minecart with redstone and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Also, it his... makes it weird to like press your advantage because you don't have like routes prepared for like a wall. <laughs> <laughs> right, um... exactly. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And even just Steve tech in general is getting wild, right? I mean, the fact that, there is no lag after you're on a block that breaks. So Steve's are like starting to, I mean, I, there's a, a tweet earlier today, but it is like essentially just displaying Steve tech and like kind of air dodging on the blocks or swinging a backer block breaks, swing another backer. So you can like double bear someone's shield and stuff like that. Um, I really do believe like Steve and Kazuya are the like 20 XX characters of this game where, you know, in a perfect world in, in the world of Taz, like it's, you just get pretty ridiculous stuff because the character has such a ridiculously high ceiling. I don't know if we'll ever get there, obviously. Uh, but yeah, those characters can do some crazy stuff and yeah. the potential is always there. I think the main thing I... I was thinking about this before we started because, um, you know, like the, the, the Steve player in Japan doing so well and stuff, like just thinking about Steve in general... Um, Something that I think I like kind of misunderstood or obviously just wasn't aware of because the character was new at the time is Steve isn't like all advantage state. Like it's not like, you know, Luigi where it's like all of your points are put into like a ridiculous mm -hmm. combo game. A lot of this tech is useful on hit, but there's so much stuff that's useful in disadvantage, in neutral, like just just talking about the the block protection alone makes like raises some flags of like this character is dangerous but also like i feel like the character's disadvantage state is also really good um <laughs> yes in a really weird unique way like if the character reaches a certain point off stage they have access to like put a block on the ground and now they're essentially like grounded um it's like so much stuff you have to be aware of and it's not just like jump or minecart it's not like a traditional character where you worry about traditional that, disadvantage yeah. state plus their mix-up it's more like you're worrying about a million things look at that yeah like the things like that that uh chris is showing us while we're recording this right now is like it's just he, making me think the the scariest things right now aren't necessarily steve hitting you it's like the character is like really um, like limitless sometimes in neutral and even when he's in disadvantage. Um, and I think that's just something we haven't talked about much on the show. But now that we're seeing it in action, there's more to talk about than just zero you know, death. Steve's combos. Like right. if anything, like that's not the problem at the moment. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the scariest thing about fighting him is a lot of the other things, which is um really unique to him and i think really makes him a more well-rounded character than you could have expected so it's very interesting honestly even just a few seconds of me watching akola play you know i'm thinking like that and it's interesting because i haven't really thought from that perspective before when it comes to steve <laughs> yeah it's like what's super interesting is you have your, you know, your zero to death combos, like, oh, you got a tight execution, or you can take the safe route up yeah. to up to up air, block up air, 
up smash or back air or forward air, take your 50, get stage control, set up some ledge trap opportunity, depending on yeah. like where you are in the match or on what stage you're on. If you're on a small battlefield, you know, they put the TNT on the platform above, up tilt, you GG's. Like, yeah, like you're just going through the flow chart of like how many, like the obstacle course you have to go mm-hmm. through once you get hit or something. Um, if you're playing a character that has to get in on Steve, let's say you're playing a Fox, you got or playing as Fox, you got to start worrying about footstool down air killing you at 60. So, hey, that one combo, suddenly you're in range to die to yeah. footstool down air. Like if you make like a spacing error or something like that. Um, and then even when you're like hitting Steve, if he's vertically above you, then you're thinking, oh no, like what if he decides to anvil? But then you can also, um, as he starts falling, he's like, oh, I'm just going to place a block. All right, now you got to figure out like, I have that, my double jump again. That idea in itself mm-hmm. is like really blowing my mind right now. Like that variable is such a strange one to play around. <laughs> yep. Like if anything, if they execute it properly, it's so safe and they can really reset in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a lot on how much resources they have too, right? Like Steve disadvantage with no metal. It's dog shit. Like I'm gonna be real. You know what I mean. Like not having, like still having the blocks to kind of reset your double jump is still really solid. Don't get me wrong. But when you don't have to respect Anvil, I don't care if you block. I'm swinging this up air. Like I'll I'll hit the block and I'll hit you. I don't care. Right? It's it's it it's so weird. Like Steve is a character where the highs are extremely high and then the lows are extremely low in terms of like okay if I don't have metal and you don't have to respect me and I have these base stats right and and I don't have minecart or anvil as an option, then you're just going to blow them up, which is, which is why it's we're, we don't know how to fight Steve right now. I think a lot of top players are, they're in this experimental phase where it's like, do I time Steve out or do I rush him down with no metal? Right. Cause if you pressure him and he has no metal, right. But then that's when his combo game comes into effect. Now you're approaching him. Now he might be able to get these huge openings. Right. And I think it's, everyone's kind of figuring it out right now. I really want to point out as well um, in terms of, the players that were there, Yoshidora, Yoshi. I don't know if uh, Yoshidora actually played a cola, but if they played, I heard Yoshi's one of the hardest matchups for Steve. So, so I think I've heard stuff crazy. like that. Shoot on so, plays two characters that I think do well versus Steve, Aegis and Olimar. Um, Yoshidora played a cola in winners semis. That's crazy, um, and he won. This this kid's he, and insane. he won. No, 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 no. Yoshidora won. Oh, Yoshidora won. Yoshidora won. Yeah, Akola oh. won through losers, and then they played again in we had to losers run back. finals. Run it back with Kazuya. Oh, Damn. he counterpicked. Okay, because I I know like a lot of Steve mains that I've talked to, they said one of the worst matchups is Yoshi. I think I've heard that one jump. Um, they have a lot of ways to hover in the air because one of the common like oh shit I'm Steve I'm in the corner I need to like minecart but. What minecart am I going to do, right? That's always the mix. You force, you minecart, you force your opponent to jump. Is Steve going to jump out of minecart, throw out his bullshit aerials or whatever, right? That's the situation you're going to play a lot against Steve. And I think Yoshi can like throw eggs and kind of hit. Like, I think Yoshi can play that situation well and on top of that, mitigate the punish game, right? So you can camp, you can pressure via air. You don't have to worry about the combos. Like, Yoshi just has a really good, you know, kit. And I think. Steve Kazuya might be a really good character combination. I mean, both characters... It reminds me of T's combination of Pac-Man Kazuya. It's like a similar idea, I think. Similar idea, yeah. Yeah. So, interesting. And, I mean, he he won with the Kazuya. And 
it's in, like I think it's really cool that we're talking about these characters that have high ceilings, like potential, right? Because Steve, I think there's a lot more to talk about because like we were pointing out earlier, there's a lot more neutral tools and disadvantage tools. I think Kazuya Sora fall under the department of like, oh my God, you win neutral three times and you win the game, right? Like those are the characters where it's like the punish game is where all the ceiling, like all of your chips are, you know, front loaded into that punish game. And it's like, okay, like let's talk about this punish game though, right? Because... I mean, past that, both of those characters' disadvantages aren't that great. And then, you know, neutral-wise, they're pretty solid. Like, they have their own rights. Like, Sora can camp you out with active hitboxes. Kazuya's Mr. Blue Man, right? Like, he's just always invincible. But, you know, all of their stuff is front-loaded into Punish Game, whereas I think Steve is a little bit more interesting and possibly has a lot more potential. And even the more I think about it, I never put Block as a top-10 move in the game. But I actually think Block... It might be the best move in the game, like over Gun. Now that I'm thinking about it, be or uh, maybe not over Monado. Like it's not over, even a move. You know, you know what's I mean? crazy, dude. Block I, you, is insane. Okay, so also sorry. Quick fact check. He only won one game as Kazuya. He um, went Steve for the rest of the set. Okay. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so he won Kazuya. with Steve anyway. That's yeah, crazy. He won with Steve anyway. Yeah, he um, won with Kazuya on FD. Um, oh, but I, you, yeah, it was Gun for a long time. Well, Monado Art is like freebie number one. Well, yeah, but now it's Electric Wing Godfist, bro. I don't care what nobody says. I don't think it's block. I think you that, think it's okay. Th- that move is it's crazy. Yeah, it's absolute. You have an invincible combo starter stun move that's safe on block that you spot can spot dodge. You, Who needs you, to spot dodge? What's a spot like? It's a defensive <laughs> option. It's an offensive option. It's a kill confirm option. Like you could put that on absolutely any character in the game and like they might actually become imagine you're fighting ganon and he just and then he just up smashes you or forward smashes you at 30 suddenly you're starting to worry about ganon like that move is there there's so many like yo ganon could recover that if you had block that's all i'm saying ganon could recover if you had block so i <laughs> i don't know i don't even know if his air drift could get him to close enough to yeah true team. right he like, will be able to drift him. onto the own block he's <laughs> placing yeah, he, can't, he just can't get to that area. The block actually stops him because he bumps into it. And there is a lot of crazy moves in this game. Man. I was about to say, like, like what are we even moves. talking about? We should be ashamed moves. of ourselves. I mean, hey, those are the those are the characters. What happened to the good old days? What do you mean? <laughs> when you mean characters couldn't days? charge up a final smash, you know? Yeah, like what's going on? I mean, these are these are great times. Everybody loves Steve and Kazuya, right? At first, all I had to worry about was Arsene. And that was a vague similarity to something I was already dealing with. Yeah. Like Limit or like Bayonetta. But now this shit is really weird. It's scary. It's getting weird. What are we even talking about? In the words of Rod, the streets are getting weird, bro. The streets are getting weird. Like, what? What the fuck is a block? I mean, speaking of bail, there's Let's there's been a bail that's been doing really good. Oh, right? true. Oh man, I'm sorry we didn't even talk about Bloom. Bloom, Bloom is killing it on the bayonetta. A character, obviously, if you played Smash Four, very strong, strongest character in the game, even after nurse, by a pretty long margin. Um, just the risk return on the character was absolutely insane. Uh, but you know, in this game, I still think ABK is a really strong move, right? I think Bayo still has a handful of very very good moves. Yeah. So, I mean, the fact that 
Bayo is such a controversial topic in terms of character strength, in my opinion, because some people put her high up there. Some people put her like trash tier, right? I mean, she just doesn't have a lot of solid confirms. Her stray hit game is like kind of meh. You know, the smash attack, they, they put a lot more of her kill strength in riskier options. She doesn't like, she can't like safely apply curl pressure as much in this game. But I still think ABK is crazy. I still think combos, like her damage output's really great. Um, up tilt back here is still pretty solid. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Bloom, they're doing a great job with Bayo, right? So obviously the character, and even I know a couple of Genesis ago, there was a Bayo that got really far as well. So there, there's still Bayos that get great results. So, I mean, what, what do you guys think about, I mean, I definitely want to transition into talking about the Europe scene in general, but I guess we can just talk about right now, for now, Bloom. What do you think about their Bayo and Bayo's just general strength in the meta? I, think I feel like most people think the main Bayo's thing like a I want to throw out about Bayo. <coughs> I think her weakest is grounded moves and grounded frame data. Um, I think her one of her best grounded moves is like up tilt, but it's like a very specific like bubble. I think, um, but the buff she got to her grounded moves, I think, were really nice and it helps within the context of of Bayo. Like, I think up tilt is, like, really crazy now. Down tilt's, like, a solid move. Basically, like, down tilt was, like, you know, her jab and her down tilt and her forward tilt all into, like, one. A jab's kind a kill like, move now, too. But Bale has gotten a decent amount of buffs. Yeah, that. it's, like, down tilt was her all-purpose ground move, which is already, like, kind of scary. You know what I mean? Like, that's rough. Um, but now her jab kills. So her jab being so slow, like, that helps. Um, Frame nine jab, I believe, right? Eight or nine? Yeah, like one of the one of the slowest jabs in the game. I think the slowest jab is actually DDD. Uh, I think DDD might have the slowest. You gotta swing a whole hammer, man. Frame ten <laughs> jab. I think DDD might have the only double digit frame data jab, but that's besides the point. But yeah, I think Bayo is all right, but I think her the hardest thing about Bayo is the counterplay to her is really simple and effective. It's mm, not like a complicated point. game game plan when it comes to fighting her basically what i'm saying is if you play really grounded at specific spacings and like crouch a lot like if i was playing bayo i'd be throwing out a lot of question marks like what do i do i mean jump abk is her best opener right in my opinion her best neutral tool is jump abk and it's really easy to ruin that like just take it out of the equation it's really really simple and easy to do that and i don't know i think she's all right but um I would have to watch more of, of Bloom play too because I haven't watched a lot, but it's very interesting how dominant they are in their region. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's right. absolutely insane because, um, again, this is weird, but they also played Wi-Fi. Woo, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another really young player that played <laughs> Wi-Fi a lot, and they're the best in uh, UK, but they, they've never traveled. As far as I know, they've never traveled outside of the UK. Um, so they only play top talent when there's an event in the UK that they are at. When someone's uh, coming to them, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, unfortunately, as far as I know, they've never played against Gluto. So it's really up in the air. As weird as that sounds, um, how who's the best player in Europe? Um, Bloom just beats pretty much everyone. Um, I know Siski's like in contention for being like second best player from Europe. Yeah. Um, and they actually pulled out Snake in their grand final set, and the Snake was actually doing really well. Oh, Bloom wow. plays a lot of characters 
though it's not just Bayonetta. They also play Joker and Rosa and just a lot of the cast at the top level, Pokemon Trainer. Um, <clears throat> so I'm really interested to see, like, if somehow, maybe I think there's a tournament in, in the UK region or something like that that's coming up, I think so. Um, they If Gluto and Bloom will finally play in an event, that would be super, super sick. Uh, but there yeah. are a lot of other, like, interesting placements at this event as well. Nighthawks, who unfortunately didn't do the greatest at Genesis, who had just popped off the week before at um, another European event, uh, popped off again. They're one of the best players in France playing Lucas. They got third here. Um, they just lost to Siski twice. Like, they <clears throat> can't be mad at that. Super good player. All the players from the Netherlands. So, um Mr. R, shout out to Mr. R, who got fourth. Uh, shout out to Ramen. Yes, Ramen the GOAT. Um, Super Simi, the Young Link, and Space, the Inkling, they all made it to top eight. So, you know, showing the Netherlands is super, super strong. Those two playing Young Link and Inkling since the start, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And, loyal. They're loyal. Yeah, and I think Space is some t- at some point started playing in other games as well. Uh, I think they were playing... I haven't heard Space's Guilty name in a Gear while. Or something like that, Guilty Gear or Fighters, or I think I recall seeing them like doing really well at some of them. Makes something. sense, yeah. Um, and then t- to round out top eight, we had Trim, the Mega Man from France, and uh, that character is good, man. It's gonna throw you for a loop. Yeah, uh, Mega Man is very good, and this is gonna throw you for a loop. But <laughs> and Isabel. Oh, <laughs> got got. Well, that's the best character in the game. Was... What do you mean, throw me for a loop? <laughs> What are you talking about? Yeah, Jaka, who is apparently Switzerland's like best player. It blows my mind. <laughs> the, those like can be said together. Like a country's best player is on Isabel. It's really strange to me, but hey, competing in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's so many weird things going on here. There's a lot. Of, I mean, European meta is a little different. Unfortunately, um, Raflo, I mean, the event was actually really hard. Pelly was there. It sounds um, hard, yeah. Yeah, Raflo was there. Streaks was there. Tariq was there. Emas was there. Like, there were so many, like, big names. You know, Orion, uh, Ogi, like, a bunch of players that did well at Genesis, actually, were there. And they didn't make it to top eight. So, you know, it wasn't like this was like a free event or anything like that. It was really, really stacked. And Bloom, again, just keeps winning. Yeah. <laughs> just keeps winning in Europe. So I'm, I'm curious to see. Hopefully at some point either a lot of uh, top talent from around the world gets to go to the UK or Bloom eventually gets to travel and we see yeah. how that goes. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I especially with uh, Europe in general, I mean, it's a, it's a region that doesn't get as much spotlight as Japan. Uh, a lot of Japan players can't travel as often. Just the work culture in Japan is pretty strict. Uh, and with Europe, I mean, I'm just traveling to the U.S. U.S. is the place that gets the most eyes on it, right? So I think just traveling to U.S. even from, you know, anywhere that's not the U.S. is going to be tough. So, and a lot of these players are younger too, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the two of the players that we talked about, Akola and Bloom, they're you know, not even 18 yet, or, uh, you know, definitely on the younger side, right? Yeah. So, um, obviously, a lot harder for them to travel, which is why, even for Leo's success story, we had Leo on the podcast earlier, right? It was a lot of players giving Mexico a shot and kind of traveling to their region, which is why I noticed Leo is very willing to travel to a bunch of mm-hmm. regions that aren't necessarily, like, the hotness and stuff. So, I mean, 
you know, shouts to any top player that does that for, you know, a lot of regions, even though it's not necessarily the most PGR status like event or whatever, you know what I mean? I think that's really cool for top players in general to do. So I'm really looking forward to it. I, I would love to see, you know, Gluto versus Bloom. I think Bayo is a character that if your character relies on air to airs, and I mean, this is going to be with a lot of characters that, like characters like Bayo or Meta Knight that are viewed as mid-tiers, they're great counterpick characters, right? Because if you have to deal with a aerial ABK or your grounded options aren't that great, right? Then all of a sudden, Bayo's like kind of a tough matchup. All of a yeah. sudden, right? Or if your character's like extremely tall, doesn't have a great crouch or something like that. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know, ABK is always online. And that's, in my opinion, Bayo's best move by far. And you essentially, I mean, we even talked about it. You you play around that move, all of a sudden Bale's forced to use some of her other options that aren't as consistent, right? So would love to see, you know, more players travel up to Europe. Shouts to the European scene. They've been killing it lately. The French dimension at Genesis, <laughs> you know what I mean? The French, the French came through at Genesis. So it, it was really cool because Genesis is usually a tournament where you see Japan come really strong. Like a mm -hmm. lot of uh, traditionally J Japanese players, like a, Big group of them i know for genesis 3 a big group of japan players came out they had the Jap japanese flag the crew battle right and it was really cool to see at genesis another country really come out strong and it you know it was very obvious that they kind of all got together and they're like all right let's plan this out you know get as much as our players out there yeah. to support and it was really cool to see to have uh have a crowd behind gluto or and other the other european players right and i mean just in general when you look at Genesis results. Uh, Siski got ninth, losing to Gluto, who got second at the tournament. Probably could have got top eight, right? The, you know, that's a bunch of bracket stuff. And even um, who uh, Ogi got thirteenth, I believe, the Wolf player. Orion, Orion, Orion. Orion. Mm -hmm. And then Ogi's the Falcon, right? Mm -hmm. yes. And I think um, Ogi actually plays pretty well as well. So it's like these are very respectable placings for the players that aren't Gluto as well. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I feel like Europe as a region in general is getting a lot more respect and you love to see it because that's a region that doesn't get as much spotlight. Right. And I feel like right now the, the regions that get a lot of spotlight spotlight are uh, Japan, Mexico, and obviously uh, it's earned. Right. They're, they're just really strong regions. So it's really sick to see um, them come through. But, you know, I, I love I love I love to see other regions get the spotlight and. Even just talking about you know Japan and Mexico, Golden Week coming up for Japan, right? And we already kind of sure. hyped up Akola and some of these other top players. And you know, shout out to Shuton too, man. Shuton got second at the tournament. Shuton pretty much only places top two. Consistent, bro. Super consistent. consistent. I want to talk Hunter. about this too. He's Team yeah. Shuton hasn't placed below second this year. Yeah, Team Fundies. Yeah. Yeah. And he's fighting he's fighting the future. Shuton right now yeah, is Shuton the is <laughs> he's our last line of defense right now. Yeah, right. Let's For us go, old Shuton. people. Yes. All right. Old, but hashtag old people, hashtag team fundies. Not only did I want to talk about Shuton doing so well, I wanted to talk about Olimar. Ooh. Low key, I think Olimar is on the comeback. True. I actually think Olimar Big true. I think Olimar is coming back. True. So we got top level Olimar in America. We have DeBuzz and Myron. Like, no introduction. They're really good players. Uh, yeah, Shuton, Myron. Myron's been killing it. 
literally doesn't know how to lose in Japan. <laughs> literally just wins top two. all the time. Top two, yeah. And this Subo Subo player is just showing up to America playing all of our, I'm like, I'm like watching and I'm like thinking like, did Olimar never leave or is Olimar back? Or is it like, you know what I mean? Like, it feels like Olimar is really good right now. And I'm watching the character and I'm like, I think Olimar's just good, period. One Evo Japan. Like, Olimar is just Japan. good. Yeah. Welcome I, back, Mr. Spaceman. I think there's clear weaknesses to Olimar. I know the buzz usually puts Olimar in like that high tier area. Uh, which can make sense. I think Olimar can lose to things like active hitboxes, kind of cutting through, uh, up smash anti-airs and stuff like that. Like, I think the biggest weakness for Olimar, and I think it, there's a clear answer to this, uh, is you don't have very great grounded anti-airs. I think that is one of the biggest weaknesses. But for compensation, you are short. So you're just like, most players have to sink the aerial pretty low, and you can anti-air but you have to preemptively do it with a short up up air so it's a little committal you have to put yourself in the air you have to rise up with an up air right uh but it's still a pretty solid option because if you guys don't know all smash attacks on the ground they have item priority so uh your a wolf nair will go right through a all up smash yeah. but it, on all of up air his aerials are like sword moves so yeah. you can actually, if you think Wolf is going to come in with a Nair, you have an answer. It's just a little bit more committal, right? And you have to kind of pull the trigger a little earlier. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a great point. Olimar is a character that was super dominant in the beginning, kind of fell off. Olimar players, like I know Myron's results kind of fell off a little bit. And then the buzz kind of shifted over to other characters. Shuton stuck around with the Olimar. But now we're kind of seeing this resurgence, right? Myron's like killing it recently, getting like... Yeah. Back-to-back top eights. Shouts to Myron. Amazing Olimar player. Stuck with the character through thick and thin no matter what. Um, the buzz. We're seeing the buzz kind of like shimmy back to Olimar a little bit more and more as he talks. <laughs> he always, he always does at least a little bit. It's kind of yeah. like kind of like me with like Wolf or Wario or something, yeah, right? Like You guys definitely be not having faith, but when when the when push comes to shove. Yeah, it comes Olimar. out once in a while. Wario. Yeah. Wolf. Like, it, just... it, it, it happens once in a while. Like, <laughs> It's business, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you gotta put the tie on. It's cool. Yeah, shout out to Shuton going absolutely ballistic for the past first half of this year. Um, it was cool to see Yoshidora do well again, third. Another really consistently good player. Um, I don't know, like, how you get third on solo Yoshi. Like, the, the people at this tournament, like... First of all, there were like 450 entrants at this tournament, right? So, like, this was a pretty decent-sized tournament. <clears throat> and we had Akola, who won, Shutan, Yoshidora, T, uh, Kameme, Hiro, Ken, uh, Kome was there, Abba, who's been doing really well recently. Shout-outs to Abba. Abba. Pikachu's. I need yeah, a, no. I need Pikachu Abba and to Samus. come back. He, he got Abba. ninth. He got ninth. He went crazy. He has Abba been doing pretty well. Yeah, Team um, Abba Dongo. Let's Bro, fucking go. I need Ava in these crazy. top eight. Paseriman was there. Um, he got 13th, and this is the first tournament this year where he didn't place top three. Another like another case of like similar yep. to Shuton, just mm-hmm. always fucking winning. Yep. Proto was there. Proto got 17th, like, which is like it sounds insane. Every like, tournament, there's like a small Whew. Like shift in the meta's core, mm-hmm. and it's slowly shifting to like 
this weird future, like bizarre world of like electric wind <laughs> godfists and blocks. And, like, <laughs> what I was talking about earlier, silly like, block man. <laughs> Smash from the past is almost completely gone. But yeah. at the same time, you think of Leo and Spargo, right? Like yep. the two current best players, or even like like uh, like Gluto and Light, like. They're not quite playing those characters. So it's like the top of the top is still pretty much normal Smash Brothers. Yeah. But then once you get to the general like high level, like it is like the Wild West, bro. Like it is just some weird shit. Dude, the new generation like, is on our ass. They are coming. <laughs> the new gen is coming through. You know how like like in One Piece there's the worst generation? I feel like that's the new gen coming through right now and we're just like fuck. Like we know it's inevitable. Generation. We know it's inevitable. Like we know we can't stop them. Electric we can blocks. slow them down. We can slow them down. I know we like or not we, but you guys could definitely slow them down. So uh, I think like kind of seeing that battle of the different generations of Smash is always fun to see. And even I mean Playing against Kazuya or playing against Steve can definitely be frustrating, but I, it's definitely a spectacle. I love watching Kazuya. Yep. Getting Electric Wing Godfist at zero against Kazuya. Uh, yeah, I remember at Collision like sitting in the crowd watching uh, Riddles. Riddles versus Cola. It's fun. And I'm like, I'm the type of guy to be like, like I hate Kazuya. This is stupid, but like, you know, I was getting hype. <laughs> <laughs> They're like playing neutral this whole time. Cola's hitting them like eight thousand times, and you're like, okay, but if that one lands, Yo, it lands, even, and you're like, ah, he's dead, he's dead. Like, they're excited. Yeah, it's it's so exciting. Like, yeah. So I I think Steve and Kazuya like bring <laughs> it brings. Okay, so there's always a spectrum, right? When something like negative happens, there's always like a you know that that's how it works right the yin yang so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so a lot of people hate steve and kazuya so what that does a lot of people brings, love them yeah it brings well a lot of people love them but it also brings excitement to matches right because if your favorite player is playing against a steve or a kazuya or something like that right you are rooting your brains off for your favorite player and then you're just like bro no he got electric wave golf. It's like ah, no. Yeah. So it's it's exciting. It brings like so. I I understand when people dislike characters a lot of times. Like I, I play Min Min. A lot of people dislike Min Min. But also I know when I'm playing against someone, people are really excited. Like when I was playing against Fatality, it was like exciting because it's like bro, Captain Falcon, hero character, Fatality, woo. It's like Min Min, lose yeah. lose. So it, it like brings like this dynamic to matches where if you're watching like. Roy and Fox play it's exciting all the way through but it's 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 like a slightly different dynamic to it. Yeah, yeah. You're adding a new element of emotions to mm -hmm. the uh the spectating which I think is fantastic. And whether you know about all the Steve Tech or not, you will see Mr. Blockman building it up, <laughs> throwing out the TNT. Like you don't need to know all this stuff. like and I think that's why Smash in general is such a it great it gets such great viewership numbers because it's so easy to watch, right? There mm -hmm. even I think any esports is fantastic in terms of watching if you can watch it and not play the game. Like I don't play yeah. melee, but I can watch melee all day and like yeah. just watching top level melee is beautiful, right? And I think the same goes for ultimate. Like you don't you don't need to play the game to watch it and understand what's happening. It's it's pretty simple and straightforward for the most part, right? Yeah, it's just like, "Oh, snap. 
And it's even more exciting when, like, you start getting into the game, right? Because then you're like, was that combo you hit that they hit him with true? And then you, like, go check and you, like, want to lab and stuff like that. It's, I don't know. As much as people hate on Steven Kazia, like, it might just be because I play Min Min and I don't really have to deal with what everyone else has to deal with. But I, I really enjoy them being in the game. And that's actually probably why. It's probably because I played. Okay, never mind. But, <laughs> hey, I, I like that they're in the game. They're good inclusions. <laughs> they're good. I, I really want to get back to just talking about Golden Week. So if you don't cool. un, um, know too much about Japan culture, there's one week in the entire year where Japan, all of Japan, get whether you're a student, you know, own elementary school, or you're a CEO at a company, everyone gets one week off. It's called Golden Week. Um, now, Japan, like we said earlier, Japan work culture is pretty strict. So that's why it's pretty rare to see uh, players travel out of Japan. It's just generally hard to, you know, get off of work and stuff like that. But that's why Golden Week is so hype. And I wish there wasn't too many restrictions because of COVID. But hopefully next year, Golden Week. Golden Week is something that I always want to travel out to Japan for, for tournaments. Because every, like almost everybody goes to these tournaments. Yeah, so, I saw the attendant. Like it's the crazy. amount of numbers, it was it's like crazy. almost an 800-person tournament for this yes. tournament we're talking about. That's and like more than low tide and pound, I believe. So, If you know anything about uh, just the Japan scene in general, in my opinion, Japan as a region has the least amount of skill gaps overall. So like, if I had to explain that, it's like... If we had a crew battle and it was like, all right, all like we'll get the bet. Like this sounds so stupid, but we're getting the best mid-level players from the USA, and they're gonna go up against the best mid-level players in Japan. Japan would like like Japan's mid-level players are stronger than U.S. mid-level players, and I think that goes for high level as well. So like, um, Japan doesn't necessarily have the highest heights, and like their their top level players can definitely compete with other regions top level players right um we just don't get to see it often but in terms of the skill drop off from their top level players downward there's not too many big gaps so when you're talking like you know 800 japanese players coming out and you know most of these players are dedicated like solo mains as well like it is very common in japan culture for multiple um smash games that they just pick the character they like and they just try to learn all the footstool, all the craziness, no matter how good or bad they are. It's a very common thing in Japan. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really exciting to see these tournaments because you get to see all these different characters get pushed really, really far, and everyone's coming out. So um, uh, let's see here. The two tournaments, Kagaribi, number seven, coming up Bro. Wednesday or like when this is being published, essentially. So that tournament is going to be absolutely crazy. Bro. And I don't know how to pronounce this. Sai Bugeki, number 10, on Tuesday, which is t- right now happening. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm look, look forward, and we're definitely, you know, the next podcast, we're going to go over the results of these tournaments. Um, kind of bummed that quarantine, you know, in general, has made it so not a lot of uh, outside of Japan talent could attend. But hopefully next year for Golden Week, you know, things will be more... Uh, more solidified in the world in terms of, like, quarantine Bro. and all the COVID stuff. But I... This, this this term is gonna be crazy. Have you seen the entrance, bro? The top thirty-two seats, bro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the breakdown. Give me the breakdown. Okay, so normally 
we're used to seeing Zachary, right? But you know, Zachary's on break for Pokemon Unite. Oh, uh, Zachary, I know, come I back! All, I respect it so much because I Zachary. I understand he just wants to. Pokemon Unite is lit. It's a very fun game. It's a very it very, very fun. fun game, and yeah, the skins I wish, are so good. I hope Zachary becomes the best player in Pokemon Unite because that he be probably so is. That'd be <laughs> so be tight. Super sick. He Let's probably go, Zachary. Is. But I wish you were playing Smash. But I hope you're just True. as successful in Unite. Okay. Shuton, Proto, Paserimen, Kome, Gact and Repo, who, by the way, both got, I think, 65th at that tournament. Mega Man. Like, they they are consistently strong players, and even at that last tournament, they got 65th. So just to show you how strong Japan is, T is there. T's not even a top four seed. T's seventh seed. Like, Japan is insane. Yoshidora's there, Atelier Hero, Kameme, who, by the way, ever since picked up since he picked up Sora, has been super consistent. I want to, oh, like, snap. I've this. always dreamed about, like, not always. This is kind of a recent thought. I always wanted to take, like, an extensive trip to Japan to compete in these tournaments because it looks like such specifically good practice mm-hmm. that you wouldn't get anywhere else. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not even about, like, a vacation or anything. It's literally... Like I want, I've always wanted to like find some window and dedicate it to that, and I don't think I'll ever be able to do it. But like, look oh, at this. That. We're going, we're going, Gavin. I yeah, want to put myself in that bracket and like just really get some good dude. Practice such in. good practice. Me and Void actually did a boot camp in Japan. Yeah, like for Genesis Seven. So I'll take the bare minimum, but I want to at least go to a couple All tournaments right. in one All trip. Right. You know what I mean? Next year for Golden Week, Gavin. If we're not busy and quarantine's done, I'm we're gonna be Let's busy. Go. That's the thing. No, no, no. Let's go next year, Golden. Start planning now. Golden week. Hopefully things work out. I mean, I, I, I really would like because the last time me and Void went, dude, we were we like went to Neotono's place and we were grinding and it was like so cool because I like Neotono has been I've been a fan of Neotono since Brawl, obviously, right? So it's like, you know, just kind of like being at Neotono's house and you know, like you know, watching void and even just playing with the japanese scene they're so it, it's so cool and you it, i think in my opinion going to japan for a boot camp is the best training you can get because everyone's like such a character specialist yeah. and it's just like they're so passionate about the game so and japan's super sick and <laughs> the food is great there so it, there, there's definitely a lot of pluses and it, it would be sick if something i specifically again. wanted to mention is kind of going back to what i was saying about like the top top like best players like play like more traditional characters because they've been around longer so they don't like play like steve or like mm-hmm. you know the, the new new stuff right um that's actually what i was getting at. i feel like that's been one of my biggest struggles lately with smash um it's like the top 64s and the top 32s. Um, I always feel like if my Diddy Kong can get to a specific part of the bracket, I'm more comfortable because I like know what I'm up against in terms of, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But getting there is, is like harder than like a top eight or something. Like, you know what I mean? At least for me specifically. Huh? I said, depends on what character you're playing. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's just interesting. I feel like I um have I need to like change my game plan to revolve around like dealing with that issue, and like kind of treating it differently, because a lot of, a lot of the new like high level and top level players are just 
you know, very different than what I'm used to. Like, cause mm-hmm. I grew up playing like Brawl and Smash Four. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, different, different generation. But yeah, just you know, just the way I worded it just made me think about my own game plan. So I kind of wanted to mention that. But the second thing I wanted to ask, going back to their tag is Night Talks, right? The Lucas player. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about Lucas? I think Lucas is kind of interesting. I'm not saying Lucas is good. I promise, Marcus, this is a coincidence. I'm not trying to annoy you. <laughs> I don't know. Gimmer, Gimmer said Lucas top 10, right? Luke, Gimmer did say that. But <laughs> I just find Lucas kind of interesting. I don't know if it's because Mother 3 is like one of my favorite games ever, if not my favorite game ever. But I don't know. Like, I think my Lucas would go hard. All right. He said that so, in Smash 4. Yeah, he did say that in Smash My 4. Lucas did go hard. I'm not saying would. In Smash oh. 4, it did. Okay, yeah. You give Gavin like any like down throw up air confirm like killing character and he just went stupid in Smash Four. Okay, so um gosh. I can't believe I'm about to answer this question on the podcast. <laughs> Lucas is go- oh, sorry, before we get into this, there's one thing that I forgot to mention. Um about Kagaribi seating. So I named all those players. Wait, is Akola going? Yes. Yes. He's he's fifty seventh seed. What? So That's entirely accurate. Someone's no bra- someone's bracket is ruined. Like I feel so they, bad. They probably have second, to, first, they, first, first, first. You know I'm what I mean? Like, no yeah. way. I'm hoping seed, that it like changes that. before the the tournament starts. But if it if it doesn't, I feel sorry for whoever's bracket that 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 affects. I think it's like. Ateliers or something, heroes, something like that. Um, yeah, shout anyway. out to Ume- Umeki too. Umeki is yeah. Umeki and Kubi. Uh, uh, They've amazing TOs for the scene and their top players. They're both goaded. When me and Void I went miss- to Japan, uh, Umeki took really good care of us and took us around and even like had like meetups for Smash Fest and stuff. And Gak got to like zero to death my fox over and over. It was super fun. But yeah. <laughs> Shout, shout outs to uh, shout outs to Mecky or any like shout outs to Tios in general, but like those are the two Japan Tios that I know a lot of. I'm so sad. All right, Lucas, Lucas, Lucas. Here we go. That um, Lucas is, and I've actually thought this for a very long time since probably the beginning of the game. Um, I thought Lucas was like a solid, like almost top tier, but. I've always thought he was super strong. Um, I just think he's way too hard. Like, he's very technically I'm demanding. Like, I like like stuff like that, so I was just yeah. curious. He's very, very technically demanding, um, but he's off of, like, the things that he can do. Like, you can see him be, like, Zare across the stage into, like, down air or forward air. Or, you know, if you can do, like, his nair drag down, down tilt, like, he has nair drag down, down he just dies. He takes like infinite damage um he has like down air loops that he can do on people he has he has a lot of things that are like actually super super strong and like his neutrals are actually really solid the hardest thing about playing lucas is sometimes uh his disadvantage can be a little rough because he's floaty and on the way down he doesn't really have like the best buttons um so but, that's to trades and stuff like that yeah yeah really like, bad joke like trying to land anti-juggle yeah. stuff yeah but i mean outside of that like he's he's super strong like he has some of the best up close frame data in the game he, he's really good it's frame just jab bro frame. i'll never forget that <laughs> i 
really fucking hate that Lucas has a frame two jab. Like that character tilted me so hard in Smash Four. Dude, I'm watching this and I want to. He also has like one of the best four tilts in the game. Oh my god, his fair is OD as well. Very active. I just want to. I want to pick Lucas and try to see if I can win by forward airing only. Hey, well, hold on. When is this podcast coming out? Lucas is Team Fundies, man. This podcast comes out 11 on Wednesday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I mean, watch that gamer video. You might be able to. That's coming out later. <laughs> oh, true, true. Hey. Nice. <laughs> nice plug. Um, um, yeah, I think Lucas is super good, but he's mad hard. And I don't, I'm old and my hands hurt. and I yeah, can't. my hands hurt right now, and I'm not even playing Smash. So. Yeah, from, from playing PM Lucas to trying to play this, I'm good. Just hands, hands. I'm but chilling. Really, I'm throwing arms like neutral. There are some uh, matchups where he just gets camped really hard. Like he just gets zoned really hard, like Min Min and Samus and stuff like that. But for the most part, especially if if someone has to fight you, you're probably like you're you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I wanted to, I wanted to hear hear some thoughts on Lucas because that character is very interesting, especially because. I don't know if I'm off the mark here, but I think the character is actually more similar to his brawl counterpart than Smash 4, which is interesting because um, they took a lot of stuff away from Smash 4 Lucas, but then I feel like he still has some strengths that are more like brawl than Smash 4. I don't know how to s- describe it. I mean, his like his strengths in, in this game is like super, super good close quarters combat and yeah. like very very strong neutral very good edge guarding and like those were all things that were like his strengths and um and brawl because he has some of the best edge guarding in the game between pk all all of his special moves are just really good um and then um he has but in smash 4 he was more of like a combo oriented character yeah exactly like, they he would go for like um like down throw footstool down air um locks into stuff like that and then do like um and he has like a lot of combos in this game don't get me wrong but for majority of the time like the lucas is focused on neutral in this game and in that game especially when they got the high high percents you would just fish for grab do down throw up air i forgot what they used to call it it was really stupid but down throw up air was guaranteed in that <laughs> oh, game the throw combo names yeah no. I, for, I forgot i didn't know it had a name let's just I call it down throw up air like yeah. everything else <laughs> down throw up air. so um yeah he's he's interesting he's just i'm glad there's someone out there that can play him because yeah i've always thought he was really good i just he's just way too hard interesting um, yeah, I know like, even, uh, you know, recently just hanging out and stuff, we were talking about like Meta Knight and some of the obscure, like more characters that are put into the mid tier. And yeah. I feel like a lot of mid tier characters, they, what make them mid tier is they probably have a bunch of things that are going well for them. But at the same time, there's maybe like one thing that you could like abuse really, really hard. And then they have tough matchups because of that. Right. Yeah. Cause like, kind of like, uh, like, or like borderline, like are they worth it or not? Right, right, and you exactly. have to decide that. And it's like, I think Diddy kind of falls in that spot, but Diddy's top-tier matchup spread justifies yeah. him losing to, like, you know what I'm saying? So, and I, I think, he like, Diddy has more universal tools that are just like, oh, this matchup's hard, but 
Eh, well, just box it out with Diddy. You know what I mean? And like, you can still do that. So flexible, yeah. Some, right. He, some I of think these he other like specific like niche characters don't have that flexibility. Right. Right. Um, but, but yeah, it, those kind of characters are so interesting, right? Too, especially because they're not very common. They have some st- specific stuff that a lot of players don't take full advantage of and stuff. I find myself like interested in that kind of thing. Yeah, because you know it's weird. How those characters always tend turn out to be strong. You just need a certain Takes a little to bit. pick them up. Yeah, or that too. Like everybody was like, "Bro, Corn is awful," and there goes Leo. Right, right. You, you know, violence sucks. Make... There goes Leo, and then yeah. here. Oh man, I know the YouTube comments are about to. I shouldn't even have mentioned that. Y'all don't give Leo enough credit. I <laughs> I'm sorry. Like we literally. Yeah, on Leo, this podcast, like, we just think Leo is like not that I good. Apologize. You know what I mean, so, dude? YouTube comments blow my mind. He only wins yeah, all the a, time. He's not that is, good. I we could make this section just venting on YouTube comments. They actually I think everyone. I don't know why, but people think I just they think hate we hate Leo. him or something. I don't. I literally don't get it. I <laughs> and it's it's just funny to me because all the people that are saying that in the YouTube comments, like you've probably never even said hi to Leo. I am literally <laughs> his friend. like I I've had dinner with him. I've had conversations about the game with him. Like we talk to each other. I've worked with Leo on tons of content pieces. Like. <laughs> school of smash and all that stuff on his youtube i am good friends with mk leo and everyone's like oh man dude i can't i can't believe charles hates this, this guy. podcast is dedicated doesn't give him enough credit like not I, giving him credit like oh man what? But- you know it's crazy leo will say leo will say byleth is broken corn is broken or like he'll he will say that himself he himself <laughs> MK Leo says that these characters are good, but when other people are like, "Oh man, yeah, those characters are good," Leo just you know really did a great job of bringing out like the potential and da da da. Man, you guys don't give Leo. like if you don't say <laughs> MK Leo's carrying the character, if you don't say Violet is bottom tier, and if you don't say Corn is bottom tier and MK Leo carries them, you fucking hate Leo. Like, I've I've called MK Leo the goat. Like I can't count how many times I've called MK Leo the goat of Super Smash Brothers. What a strange comment, Charles. That's the end of the episode. See ya. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, no. So it, insert your guys' comments, yes. We've I, run into another issue. Now, we didn't go the entire podcast without dunking on the community. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, no, damn But it. now it's another damn version it. of the YouTube comment. I'm... Might be. Might be. I right, let's go around the horn. Predicting what people are going to say. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll start. Okay. First off, thank you for watching. Yeah, thank you. Okay, okay. Second off, today's May 3rd, so we will be recording a special May bonus episode for the Patreon if you're interested. Oh, true. Whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, just thank you for the support for the podcast in general. My prediction, yo, we didn't talk about Gluto enough. On this episode, <laughs> we didn't talk about light enough. Mm. I actually have, I don't know. I think, I think we did a good job talking about a lot of players and characters. No, yeah, we, yeah. Didn't, we didn't talk about uh, the buzz. Well, see ya. Oh, oh, I'm true. just used to that. That's my goat. That's the king. <laughs> true, true, true. That's the king um, of my area. All right, around the horn, around the horn. What do I think they're going to say? Um, <laughs> I don't know how y'all like Steve and Kazia. Like, y'all all just agree with each other all the time. Y'all don't ever disagree. The Min Min player likes the, Steve. The wow. Min, of course, the Min Min player. Like, oh, man. Charles, I'm gonna think, the, I think that 
you guys got zero fucking mix. So I'm going to see the same shit <laughs> I see every fucking Actually, episode. I'm going to predict it. They're going to say that, like, Charles' like, whole rant about Leo was, like, something related to his ego or something. Yeah. They're going to yeah. mention Charles is, like, an asshole or some shit. I'm a piece of shit. I, I don't do anything for the Smash community. Everything's for my own interest. Uh, you know, I... I just don't think Leo's good, and I'm just a piece of shit, and I only want Tweak and Void to win everything, and I hate every other player on the planet. That's what I'm going to hear, because that's yeah. what I've heard for fucking years, and apparently it's just it's just a crime to have a favorite player. So Cut it off while he's talking. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just end it, and he's like, doesn't stop. <laughs> just, uh, that's so funny. <laughs>